Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER with support from Macquarie University. Today, I'm joined by Zach from Coda. They're one of the bands that we had feature music on the show last year when we ran it. We didn't actually get the chance to speak to Coda themselves, so I've got Zach, the guitarist from the band, on with me today. And Zach, it's so good to have you here on Get Gig Ready. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Felix. I really appreciate it. So one of the things that uh, kind of surprised me when we were putting together the roster for Get Gig Ready this year is we've had a lot of musicians who have been in bands over the course of the show, but I don't think we've ever explicitly had a band on to talk about the process of being in a band. And I wanted to get into a little bit about uh, the process for you uh, for you guys as a team putting together music. Because one thing I think is really interesting uh, listening to the C- Cinderella tapes, your debut record was that you have both the very high energy rock that's clearly inspired more the jets and that kind of level of your interest. Whereas when you get towards the end of the tape with the Cinderella complex, which is the feature record we had on the show last year, it's a lot more laid back. So how does your songwriting process and your ideas uh, generation as a band lead to that diversity of ideas? Yeah. Okay. I get you. Um, So fundamentally with us, I think everything is centered around vision vision and experience so i guess with a record like that it's what we wanted to do um the vision kind of stemmed and that's how we formatted the record but track by track i guess we almost hear things as a band if we're in a room or we could be apart but we hear things and we go okay well what does this feel like what does it sound like and you might start playing it or we might start playing it as a band and then go well, where is this taking us and i guess for the high energy things so perhaps like a, a churchill we really want to give you that real deep groove that really just pulses through you and gives you that high energy rock feel. Um, and I guess that's where the vision goes. And then it just, it really flows from that. And as you keep pulling on the ideas and, you know, really uh, working to develop and flesh them out, that, that vision just kind of helps keep you true because those ideas never stop flowing. But if you have that vision in mind and you remain kind of true to the original riff, then that's how a track like that comes to life. And something like the Cinderella complex same thing, just different wavelength. Um, it started with, I guess, like that romanticized kind of vision of, I guess, New York and being somewhere perhaps you'd rather be. And then it just really f- flew flew on from that, not flowed yet, flew. And yeah, really kind of just grew from there and it, constant revisions as a band and like production on our end to really just refine the execution and kind of that like really romanticized heartfelt vision of somewhere else yeah do you guys tend to work in like a jam space format or are you kind of folder of riffs and you send it around to see what everyone can add to it what's the actual process for taking that idea that concept that vision and turning it into a song uh it's a full mixed bag with us there is no um there is no one way for example um like the cinderella complex was pretty much front to back written um, when that came, I, I brought that to the guys and that was pretty much front to back written. Um, but then whereas something like the 5-4, tra- the track in 5-4, which I called Talk, that came and Oscar had, Oscar the vocalist had these incredible ideas and we're sitting there going, okay, well, this is the t- uh, the kind of the, the sequence or the segment where we do work together in that jam yeah. format. Really kind of breathe in what someone else is putting out and then just work 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 as a team and really commit 
to developing something together. The interesting thing that comes out of that is obviously, you know, it's super encouraging, I think, to to think that you don't have a set process. You have the flexibility and the dynamic as a team where you can work best to suit the ideas. But on top of that, you mentioned that there's a lot of refinement that goes into it to you. I think some musicians kind of have this pure idea that uh, there's, you know, once a, once a demo is done, it's done and it should stay that way. And it can feel a bit weird when you start to play with it, even if you do want to improve on it. So how do you kind of get over that hurdle um, as a team and make sure that you're actually improving on, on something, uh, even though, you know, the newest iteration just, it doesn't sound as familiar as the old one. Yeah, totally. Um, so with us, I think because we're like on the road a lot and we are playing a lot of gigs, you start to learn how things feel, you know, from that initial demo. And then, you know, like questions start to get asked in your mind, like, Oh, what if we went there? Or what if we tried this? And I think, as long as you're listening and opened and truly, truly immersed in what you're doing, then I guess just the answer would be just listening to those questions that come from within yourself or within the band, which a lot of the time they do, and then pursuing those with in terms of refinement, it would be. And I think as a band, like that would be asking those questions, you know, what if when when Oscar and I look at each other and go, oh man, what if we try this? Or, you know, Pete or Michael and myself, that those questions and just listening to that kind of those desires. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that's really interesting there is, you know, you mentioned you're on the road and these ideas get tested on the road. One thing I know from a lot of the music that I listen to is so much of it is driven by very particular weirdnesses that have to be done to a metronome where everyone completely loses the plot. Okay. So what's the fun for you in being able to like road test songs and try them out? Because I imagine there'd be a very different vibe writing in a room compared to essentially writing for an audience uh, where you actually get to try out different ideas each night you perform. Yeah, man, that's actually such an interesting point. Um, I guess the fun part and most interesting part is watching how that connection, how your vision connects with people. Yeah, just your audience is always going to tell you. And if, if people are dancing or people are smiling or crying or perhaps laughing, um, although that generally happens in between songs, <laughs> you know, so I guess with your question sorry like what's the fun part or yeah yeah like why why would you road test a song as opposed to just sitting in a room with everyone until you are all happy in in that room i think because you just once you start you you just got to find out you got to find out for yourself and i think it's almost like i would feel almost like not honest or if i, I would feel as if we would be withholding something if we didn't try something that we were really feeling good energy off, you know, with an audience full of people that ultimately are, we're there to entertain, you know, I'd, I think there's nothing better than that complete, honest, authentic presentation of something that we have just worked on and worked on and loved to, you know, give give to other people and you know that loving kind of format i think mm. that's incredible i mean i guess the the question that comes to mind after that then is obviously with last year in the pandemic how was the writing process for you guys when you couldn't get out on the road as much did you have to kind of jump over a few hurdles that previously weren't there because you were able to road test things yeah it was crazy um we started to really we started to really work in like structured jams to use writing as an exercise to I guess we weren't looking and looking back at those tapes and, and cuts we have from those sessions we weren't looking to you know really write anything other than almost like homework pieces we were just practicing those skills because completely acknowledging that 
you know, the energy surrounding, you know, creative spaces wasn't what it had been. And we were just, you know, like working to really flesh out and just keep everything clear and I guess well exercised. But in that time, interestingly enough, we did write something that we'd been trying to write for, you know, two years, two and a half years. And I think that was probably the and we refined some things that really took things to the next level. Yeah, I think kind of exercising that jam school and kind of learning how to like really structure a jam. And I know that sounds strange, but to structure a jam and really work and go, okay, we've got, you know, a three-hour session. Let's sit in kind of this space with these kind of chords or, or keys. Let's work to that and commit to just tracking something down and just following this go where this goes so that we can just exercise that. And I think from that learning kind of almost building up that creative fitness in a time that was, you know, like crazy pressing, crazy trying, I think, you know, that perseverance allowed us to really score what came out in, I think pretty much every track received a massive makeover, but um, yeah, finally putting, you know, putting a line through something we'd been working on for like two and a half, three years was just incredible. Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind, and admittedly this is, you know, back from when I was in high school was the last time I was in a band, but the bands that I used to play with, um, you know, one of the things was that sometimes we'd get an idea and if we didn't have a structure to the jam session, we'd get lost in the black hole of a solution we couldn't get to. And it's important to yeah. have those, you know, op- those uh, decisions and decision-making points that you come to to know when it's time to move on, you know, pick your battles kind of idea. Totally. Yeah, I guess the other question that comes to mind then is because you guys have recorded and released the Cinderella tapes and I'm sure other music as well has kind of gone through the ringer, as you mentioned there, over the course of the last yeah. year. How do you guys as a band feel about retreading old music? Because I know some bands are really opposed to the idea because, you know, you have that cringe factor of, oh, that's what I wrote a few years ago. I'm not in that headspace anymore. What's it yeah. like revisiting and retooling ideas and how do you avoid that kind of cringe factor? Yeah, I think, look, for the entire year, pretty much, trying try, the the song we finally finished up was called um, "Pretty for Atlanta," but that was insanely trying. But I'm not sure that it was because we weren't where we used to be headspace wise, or perhaps you know, like creative space. I think it was. I think we were trying too hard to write it off, like a perhaps like a cool flash in the pan idea rather than the core kind of the core like like vision or emotion you know that that song inspired initially i think trying too hard for that the heat that came off that flash in the pan really that was probably the most trying bit but i think as a band i think that song wouldn't have come out if we hadn't have supported each other as a band and just saying hey like you know we really do we really do need to keep working this, but let's just trust ourselves and and keep working. And then as far as re-releasing, I think there's a time and place for everything. And I guess it probably depends upon the intention behind it. But for us, I think it would be, hey, I know we released this song, you know, two years ago, but we thought about this really cool thing three months ago and we wanted to share <laughs> that with you and give you a tape of it. So here it is. I hope you like it. And yeah, then- yeah. And then I guess you just, you know, with that, like, you know, genuine, like really passionate kind of creative intention or, you know, sharing intention, I think, you know, what will be will be. But 
the intentions there and you're going to feel great about it. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things I think is a fan of music as well as it's so exciting having like different versions of things you love that you can kind of pick and compare and see how it evolved. There's a very quintessentially indie feel to seeing the process in that way. Yeah. 100%. I guess it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's the same. It's kind of like watching something. Well, it's, it is watching something grow and then that giving you that tangible, especially if you're re-releasing, it's like that tangible timeline or milestones to well, now we're there and we're going here again. All right. Awesome. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Get Ready this week. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh, thank you so much, Felix. Um, yeah, I really hope I answered all your questions. Sometimes it's easy to get lost, but no, yeah, I really hope I did. Now, before we let you go today, Zach, we did want to feature track today. And you mentioned to me outside the interview that you guys have kind of been reconsidering Makaha as a song, going back to that idea of, you know, revisiting things during the pandemic. Could you tell us a little bit about why that's the track you've chosen to feature today? For the first time ever, I think we refound the energy that it took to create it. And I think we bring that intensity to every studio session. And and certainly every time we play it live, we've got that core idea, but something different comes to it every night. But, you know, salt, pepper, um, a bit of vinegar, it really doesn't matter. There's just something that pops for it inside that track for each and every one of us on stage and for the audience um, with that translation now. And I think, yeah, that's something that's really started to rock our world of late. Awesome. Well, this is Makaha by Coda off the Cinderella tapes. We'll have links up on the podcast if you want to find yourself more of this. Thanks for joining us this time on Get Gig Ready. Sure is a sunset I'm giving up